Yeah, it's your boy Ray Ray on the mic. Let's go. Mic check, mic check. Welcome to On the Mic with Ray White, where we share life lessons, encourage self reflection, and equip you to take action. My name is Ray White, and I am juiced that you're taking the time to listen to this episode today. And we got another fire interview for you. Hear the claps in the background. <laughs> My main man, Jameer Abney, hops back onto the mic. He is a repeat guest on the show. You can listen to his episode, Willing to Take Risk, which I'll be sure to link into the show notes of this podcast. But on this episode, we have a great conversation talking about social mobility, the ways in which that we see this, that as young black professionals working our way up into this world and even get to hear some of the endeavors that he is at taking action in to not only help better him and his family, but also serve the community and the next generation coming up into this world as well. This is a fire interview and I'm super excited to have his story continue to be shared on the podcast. So let's go ahead and dive into this. And if you're listening and as you're listening, take a screenshot, tag me and Jameer in it on your social media platforms whether it's instagram twitter linkedin what have you let us know that you're listening and what are some of the activities that you are doing to rise up in this community and continue to promote social mobility as well and that's funny because my wife often says that i use some hamilton phrases in the podcast and i'm like no what you talk about and i just did one just there anyway let's go ahead and get to this episode titled navigating social mobility featuring jameer abney but yeah man social uh, social mobility for as a black man as a black people um has always been a fascinating concept especially as you and i as young um millennials if you will uh we're kind of in the middle of the range of millennial generation but like we're up and coming young professionals that are looking to make an impact in this world and already make an impact in this world so like what social mobility like how does that impact the way that you move and the way that you want to move in this world like what how do you how would you define that for yourself i think for me it's like just from a professional standpoint i'm always thinking about like the best opportunity and being open to what's out there so that it provides experiences that either I never had or as I think about now, I'm just getting married earlier this year um, to my beautiful wife, Janie, and us thinking about kids and our family. What can we expose them to or what type of opportunities can we introduce to them that we never had or in particular for me as a black male that I just was never afforded. And also the opportunity to be able to meet people and have experiences that will broaden my horizons and allow me opportunities to think about how can I be better um, in industry or maybe have opportunities to potentially be a business owner or have things that are my own that I can be I'm really secure in and proud of. But also I think just the exposure to different perspectives and identities and different values and the ways that people live and think about their own lives. Sometimes it's not just about what I can gain or how I can grow specifically from a personal professional sense, but just growth and development in terms of understanding the world a little bit better, seeing it through somebody else's eyes that I would have never come into if I wasn't willing to kind of put myself out there, you know? Right, right. You know what's fascinating is, like I think about social mobility often was a term that I related to athletics, if that makes sense. So like, <laughs> there's a common trope, right? Of And we've experienced this a little bit too, playing ball at, at, at in college, playing football in college, um, which I would imagine a lot of folks of color, as students of color will experience this, is that their way of, of gaining that power, prestige, and status is through athletics or through entertainment or through so those, those natures, which there's nothing wrong with, right? There's nothing wrong with saying, yo, like I want to be a professional athlete or I want to be a... Um, a rapper or want to be a comedian or whatnot, right? Like those things are great things to, to move, to be aspired towards. But a lot of times, um, at least in my upbringing, that seemed like to be a, the only thing that I could aspire to, probably because of representation in the world um, and where we saw, where I saw myself represented in the media, if you will. And so like a lot of that social mobility conversation, um, the exposure piece that you spoke to being exposed to other ventures and other ways that we can still 
um, grow that is beyond just carry, dribbling a ball, you know, or rocking the mic yeah. or something like there's There's other ways to gain that kind of status and there's other ways to move up in the world in, in, in regards to that, that, um, you know, a lot of it has to do with college, but also in the people that we are associated with and interacting with. Um, yeah, man. And that's just, that's been a, an eye-opening experience, especially in the last uh, eight years of, of seeing that progress within my own journey. Um, and then you get to do it as well with, yeah, in a marriage relationship and that partnership too. Like, okay, how do you two define that for yourself and for your family to grow and provide those opportunities for your future family as it grows, man? That's, that's good. Real good. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the old saying uh, here in the line, black black communities or communities of color on the way out is rap cracker playing ball is like it shouldn't be it shouldn't be so down to these only three genres or areas where people of color feel like they can be successful. And I think one of the things that I appreciate as I've gotten older is just the representation, especially of, of black people in so many different areas and where it kind of as a young kid gives you an opportunity to think about where where might I go what could I do but also just being able to be in a profession and what I do now where I go into schools all the time and that's what I'm talking about is the potential different opportunities but I think even one of the things you think about social mobility and I know working in higher education like college is so important post-secondary education is so important but also helping young people recognize that if that's not your lane, that doesn't mean that you're automatically a failure. It makes it infinitely more difficult, but there are other ways that you can kind of find your lane and be successful. But also are there people along the way that are encouraging young people to think about college as a real option and not just telling them that they can't, right. you know, and thinking about social mobility and the standpoint of all the different things that people tell you that you can't do or not seeing people who look like you or who have come from where you come from and give you that idea that you can. And that's one of the things that I've been very intentional about. How can I go into communities of color? How can I go back to my hometown? How can I tell my story and give my perspective? Not because I feel like I'm the ultimate pinnacle of success, but I know I've had a lot of great opportunities that other people never have. And I just want young people, especially young black men, to be able to see themselves in that and believe that they have the opportunities in front of them. Mm -hmm. Who do you see in, I guess, who are you looking up to? Because I know that uh, oftentimes we have people, we have people who we're looking up to that kind of helps us expand our horizons and expand our thought process when it comes to social mobility. And often, and I know you and I especially want to be those types of beacons of light or be a, a part of that number when it comes to sharing that for the next generation. But for your own inspiration, for your own growth, who are, who's the person or the couple people that you're looking at I me mean, like, dang, what they're doing is amazing and it's dope and I am interested in how their journey is progressing and playing out. Oh man, <laughs> that's a tough question because there are lots of people that that I kind of learn from and look up to and aspire to. One, actually you know quite well or are familiar with our former uh, president at our alma mater, Willamette University, Lee Pelton, has become actually by a stroke of luck maybe or just by sheer irony of good fortune of being in the right place at the right time has become a really good mentor of mine and not even just in the sense of somebody that I'm able to look at from afar but we actually have a relationship now uh, when I was in my grad program at Harvard I knew he was in the Boston area He's now the president at Emerson College and getting my master's in education I was looking at it from the forefront of I want to be a leader in this field this is where I want to build my career and just reached out to him and since I sent that general email, he and I have continued to keep in touch. I actually was just emailing with him last week so we could set up a time to talk again as I'm looking at going back and getting my um, doctorate degree. And he and I have spoken a lot about what does it take to be a leader in this field? What are the challenges, things that he's seen as he's grown and been able to become um, a forefront leader of a, of a university, something that you don't see um, as many people of color in those roles um, as senior level leaders in education. And it's been really great to be close to him and remembering him when I was an undergraduate student, how powerful it was as a black man 
at a predominantly white institution to see the person who's the man walking around campus is also a black man. And now to be able to flip up my phone and know if I had a question, I could just call or text them. And he would actually respond and be willing to give me that, that bit of time to help me work through a problem is really cool. On the other end, a good friend of mine, um, somebody that I look to a lot for advice, uh, who's currently working on, on the education side in high school in the nonprofit sector. Um, his name is Taha. He's a uh, Muslim man um, who I met in my grad program as well. Um, lives in the Chicago area now, and he and I have gotten to work together um, on a couple of different projects as I've been recruiting in Chicago. And he's someone that is just so, so thoughtful and real and caring and compassionate and brings this energy to everything that he does and just the way that he connects with young people and has become one of my best friends and somebody that, again, very similarly, I know if I have questions or concerns that I can always go to and it will give me a real honest answer and assessment of the situation and not just feed me BS and be somebody that I really look to. And actually, we've talked about if I ever do get the opportunity to actually be a college president one day, which is what I'm aspiring to, they'll be one of the first piece of people I call to come and work with. That's awesome. Yeah, man. What what I what I hear in that is obviously like we gotta have people that we're looking up to as well to continue our own inspiration and our own too, because you know, similar to the model, the the motto of our university, um, um, undergrad, you know, not unto ourselves alone are we born. Like there is this common connection and common thread in how we approach life and as well as scale up and scale towards the goals and aspirations we aspire to. And and again, like I mentioned, you already have that perspective of not only am I looking to advance myself, but how I uplift and build up the community, um, build up the next generation to to advance and excel as well and expand their horizons and their um, uh, inspiration or uh, uh, whatever it is that they want to aspire to um, or enhance it, whatever that looks like. Uh, so that way they can reach their goals and dreams. Do you think though, is there any like issues or downside to desiring social mobility? And I, this is a weird question. I literally was just thinking about this today of just what would be a, a, a issue with this desire, this aspiration, or is that even a stupid question to consider? You know what I'm saying? No, I don't think so at all. If you've ever heard of or thought about the term um, survivor's guilt, mm. I think it's one of the internal battles that you have if you start to be successful or move away from the communities that you've grown up in. Like, for instance, for me, I've lived across the country now in several different places and have been far away from my family for, gosh, over a decade now. And there are moments where it's hard because you, you lose out on opportunities to celebrate and be with people on birthdays and holidays. And there are things that you miss, but also you, you become detached from the culture and people that you grew up with. And people can start to look at you sideways like you think you're better than them. And it's not you that's maybe projecting that, or at least you're not trying to. It just could be the way that people see you now because you're no longer in the, in the day-to-day situation that they might be in and I think from the standpoint of looking ahead sometimes what I think about now in the suburban community that Janie and I live in in upstate New York it's like we have kids and thinking about them being young people of color like are they going to miss the opportunities to be growing up in a community around people that look like them or as diverse as them and what do we need to do to go out of our way to make sure that they don't feel othered or like they don't fit in or what have you. And so I think the struggle can be internally, like, are you moving too far away from who you are at your core and the experiences that you grew up with and the people that are important to you? And then also do you lose that opportunity for your, your family to have those experiences or those connections to their culture, and especially for the both of us being in interracial relationships and marriages, and thinking about having me, thinking about having biracial kids and you having biracial children, like what does that mean for them if they're in these communities where there just aren't that many people that look like them that they can be exposed to? And how do you 
how do you build that into their their experience of growing up and their development so they don't feel out of place their whole life? Big question, bro. (laughs) Big question, but a real question, man, because that is that's part of the that's part of life and we have to navigate. And I think that, um, you know, the concept of social mobility is is in everybody's mind, and whether they use that particular term or not. But um, and there's an additive lens for those who are not of the dominant culture, who are you know folks of color or or even. Part of a different culture altogether when it comes to American um, society, where they have to add that lens to, or that lens is now added to that piece as part of their identity, and to say, okay, I understand what social mobility means, but the context might be slightly different because of my identity, or because of the way my skin looks, or because of the relationships that I have, the neighborhoods I live in, and the the, the links that it, we that we need to take in order to achieve that. Um, is is grand, but also achieve it in a way that like looks uh, natural for us because we don't want to completely <laughs> disband our our culture, our identity, or what have you, just to assimilate, right? Like we don't want that to be exactly. like, the 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 message that we want to carry forward with our with our sake and our identities. However, we want to we still want to be able to grow and be able to have that link. Um, as we progress in life and prepare our children for that as well. Um, There's a lot to think about, but it's, it's necessary work that needs to be done. Sure. Oh yeah, for sure. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Well, well, I, I'm interested in this, in this next kind of piece as well, because part of social mobility you did in, in your relationships is relationships, right? It's you first, you, you know, you kind of, Go to college and you where you go get uh education so whatever that looks like uh you in college was an avenue that we heavily leaned on or part of our foundation but there's other elements of education too that is an encouragement to gain that social mobility you've talked about the relationships so who we were connected with what neighborhoods that we're a part of and how do we build upon those relationships in those areas to get exposed to um, a world or an avenue that we may not necessarily be aware of but the next piece is always another element that's tied to it is the financial side of things, the economics and the wealth. Um, you know, yep. you, and I, <laughs> you and I are in this space where we're not just talking about, hey, what are some moves that we can make to advance our day-to-day situations and struggles? You know, we're talking about generational wealth. We've been talking about generational wealth. We've been talking about how do we not set ourselves up and our families up, you know, our family tree. Uh, better than uh, or enhance and continue to, to our family treat so that way they're taken care of in, in future ways. Um, and I would love to have that discussion with you and kind of your perspective on how does generational wealth tie into social mobility for you? What steps are you taking or at least looking into the, to add that piece to your to your tool belt? Man. When we start to talk about money and finances and especially generational, it's like standing at the bottom of the mountain and looking up and like, how am I going to get up there? That's how I would illustrate it. Cause it's, especially in communities of color, it, it's been generations of being set back. And you alluded to it, how much harder do you have to work just to get to the place of being able to be competitive? And what does that take out of you to be able to play the long game? so to speak. And I'm always the first one to say in my marriage, uh, my wife is, is our financial person. She works in banking. She's been uh, working in finance now for about six, seven years. So uh, a lot of the conversations I default to her because like, you know more than I do. And I did spend um, a little bit of time right out of college working as a financial um, planner and doing some investing and insurance type stuff. So I'm not completely out of the know, but but our, our partnership is really built around that shared knowledge and that collective energy of what do we do together and how do we lean on one another and how do we support each other through this as young people trying to really build a foundation for our kids and for our family. But also I think one of the challenges that she and I come up against a lot of times is I have this feeling of a sense of responsibility to my extended family in a way that she doesn't. 
because he hasn't grown up in some of the situations and watched people make the sacrifices for for her that my family I know has made for me. And I always think about I can't just leave those people completely in the dust as I continue to rise. And I've had the good fortune in my young career now doing what I do that have been promoted multiple times to see real money start to come in the bank to be a first-time homeowner, which my mom has never owned a home. My dad has never owned a home. My grandmother didn't own a home. My great-grandfather built our house. And when he passed away and when my grandma passed away, it got taken. And I remember driving by um, the first time I had taken my wife back home to meet my family, and it broke my heart to just see the pile of rubble that was there where our house used to be because, like, that was the one thing that our family had. And I just think a lot about, at the very minimum, I want my kids to always have a place where they can come back and call home. And not because the physical space in and of itself is representative of any kind of wealth, but it's just that feeling of security of having something and having a place and having a central point that you can always go back to. And my family doesn't even have that. And my wife and I go back and forth all the time when there are situations where finances come up and I just have to remind her, like, one, we're not broke because I know what that looks like. (laughs) And secondly, I can't forget where I come from and what I've had to do to get to where I am, to have the opportunities that I have, and also who gave for me to be able to be here. And it's not just about me. And it's not even just about my family even. Like the work that I do now is very much tied to the opportunity to be able to represent for young people, especially kids at the youngest, like this is what you can do. These are the things that can be available to you as I talked about earlier, but also helping them see that that doesn't have to go through the field or the court or these other types of experiences. Like you can be successful in the books. You can be successful in a trade. You can be successful in an industry that you're passionate about. But also, like, I know that I, it's my responsibility to give back in whatever ways that I can. And so the generational wealth of it is, can I build up to a place where I have the status and the experiences and the opportunity where that makes a real, real, like, change or makes an impact for somebody? And one of the things I've come to learn, even in the times that I've been doing what I do now, I'm about six or seven years into this industry, is that you don't have to be somebody on TV or somebody who's published or have the big title for you to make a difference. I, uh, a couple of years ago, received an email from a young woman in Texas that I had the chance to meet. And unfortunately, as much as I really, really, like, was really, really impacted and encouraged by this young woman, she didn't end up enrolling at my university, but... The message that she sent me about how I inspired her and how I represented who she wanted to be and how just in meeting me for a short amount of time, she could see my passion for the work. Like this, that's why I do what I do. And I always go back to that whenever I'm having a low moment, just to remind myself that you've impacted at least one person. Mm-hmm. And that goes a very, very long way in thinking about the wealth that you're accumulating, not because it has to be about the money that you can give, but the time and the energy and the encouragement and the impact is also, I think, a level of making a social distance different and making a social change. And I think about those little things too, but ultimately on a very like intentional and financial level, it's like I said, about being able to give to my family, being able to provide a home base and also being able to get to a point where eventually I don't have to work so hard. And not because I'm against hard work, but you would love a chance to be able to retire and feel comfortable. Right. And it's like, how many people of color do you know that get that? My my grandmother had lupus and unfortunately took her life at a pretty young age. She was in her, her late 50s, early 60s, and she pretty much worked until she couldn't because she had to. And I would have loved to be in a place where I financially could have been like, no, Grandma, you don't have to work. And Jay and I have already come to a place with my mom where we told her, like, hey, when you get to a point where we have kids, if you want to move in with us and you want to have a place and just be a part of our central unit, you can. 
and to be able to say that I just turned 30 this year and to be able to feel comfortable to be able to say that, not even say it with trepidation, but like know that we're at a place that we could do that at this age and stage of my life, knowing that there's still so much more that I have in front of me. And again, not have any doubt about that. That's, man, that's a feeling. That is. That's a step, bro. That's a big step, you know, and, and, and what, and this is what I appreciate about you and your friendship too, is just that like the, the work that you do is more than yourself. You, you are looking to do things for other folks and, and, and to help elevate them and what they aspire to. And especially from a, from a wealth perspective, it's, you know, what, whatever money you're looking to bring in is not just to advance your own pockets, but to help make sure that you're taking care of the people who took care of you. Um, and that's a, that's a phenomenal lens to look at, look at it, man. And, and something you stated before at the, at the early on was that the routes to set yourself up for, for that opportunity, right? Like <laughs> it doesn't have to look like the one way of like, which, which you hear quite a bit about this in, you know, other financial circles or, or people who are in the wealth space of, you work until you get to retirement and then you hit retirement and then you're, you know, working, living off social security, you know, like, sure, that, that mm. has been the lens. But um, when you look at the global, gener- global aspect of wealth um, or work, if you will, but looking at it from a wealth lens and in other cultures as well, there are various ways that wealth is generated within their communities or which is within their households that can allow you like conversations you have with your wife and your mom, you know, like <laughs> that can allow that space to say, you know, we're, we're comfortable enough to say we can make these changes and make these actions and still make an impact while continuing moving forward. And I know that, you know, there, there's many avenues that we all can take part in that, that takes some work such as the, you know, having your business or, you know, creating some sort of a, a product that could be utilized and sold to help you make an impact or getting investments or real estate or what have you, or just even having good financial literacy and understanding finances um, from a personal perspective, because that can help even make move the needle to a better future, <laughs> you know? Um, yep. Those are great steps and practices that uh, I can, I know because I personally done this, like I was so fearful to step into that space because I wasn't I didn't feel well equipped in it, right? Like, it, sure, my uh, like my family. We talked quite a bit about you know checking savings, <laughs> how to write a check, things like that. Uh, you know, how to take care of your money in some regard. But even you know, as you get older, responsibilities get bigger, bills get bigger. Um, and but the more that you step into having that financial awareness, that how monumental that can be in just decisions that you make with your dollars every day. You know, and and then you could just advance that, advance that even more so by putting your dollar to work through the various avenues that would generate wealth for yourself or for others um, within the markets and understanding that piece. And that that can be scary to navigate. That that can be scary to, to work through. That. How did you um, did you have any fear or any like feelings of reservation to kind of understand finances, or was it just like? Oh no, I got this. Like I, I'm, I'm comfortable stepping into this and navigating when it comes to money. Man, uh, it, it's all terrifying to some degree. I, I talk to people all the time about how I don't, I still don't know what I'm doing. Sometimes <laughs> I'm still figuring it out. My boss has been during this year with COVID describing it perfectly. I, you feel like you're, you're flying a plane while you're still trying to build it at the back end, and that's how it is sometimes. But it. But at the same time, I think what I've tried to take into account and tried to really grow from, our, our coach Mark Speckman used to say this, in football, you turn your setbacks into comebacks. And you look at those situations where you make a mistake or you have a setback, like what can I learn from this and how do I grow from it and continue to build and not, not beat yourself up so much that you can't like come back and regroup. And ultimately, I think in, like, the finance game, it's, like, if these are conversations you've never had, and these are things your family never talked to you about, or you don't know people who are in these spheres, you got to be a little vulnerable, be willing to ask questions and learn from people and humble yourself a little bit, I would definitely say. And that that can be hard. 
But I think for me, what I really tried to lean on is finding those opportunities where even if I feel like I'm not 100% equipped or 100% ready, like per se a job opportunity, just because I don't meet all the qualifications, like that doesn't mean I shouldn't apply. I'm going to go for it and see and give myself a chance. Mm-hmm. Or just because the job is in a place that maybe is a little bit scary to me moving across the country or what have you, that doesn't mean I shouldn't take it. And sometimes you just you put yourself out there a little bit. And I think in particular, you talk about like the financial like savings and how you prepare yourself and investments and going beyond just the very simple financial literacy. Some of it is just doing things that, that are uncomfortable. But like I said, Janie and I got to a point where now financially in terms of like bills and just like expenses, like we live mostly off of my salary. Like I pay most of our major bills and, any supplements where it's needed, but a lot of her money is going towards like our our groceries, food, stuff like that, but also like being able to put a significant amount of the money that she makes towards our savings and allowing us to, especially now that since we don't have any kids, to be able to save up to prepare for that next big step in our lives. And to be able to be at that point is just, it feels really good because I know that wasn't the way that my my mother and her mother and my family had lived consistently and it's just giving us an opportunity, as I said earlier, to play the long game in a way that I just never would have anticipated. That's good. That's good. I don't know if you're ready to talk about your book or not, but um, this could be a space where we can dive deeper into that and the value and impact of that. What are your your thoughts? Of course, man. Uh, Thanks for teeing me up there. So, yeah, as you just alluded to, for the better part of this year, I, I've been writing a book and kind of a, it's a little bit of a, like a personal memoir slash self-help inspirational type of story, reflecting back on kind of where I've come from and how I've gotten to where I am right now. And one of the things that was kind of with COVID, I just had time and I'd been thinking about writing a book for a long, long time. It's been kind of like a bucket list life goal for a while, but COVID just gave me the space to be able to actually do it because I've just been at home. And in addition to just being a personal goal, it was also in a ways kind of a a self journey of, of emotional healing, man, honestly, the stuff I went through at 14 being sent away and having to leave my hometown and move all the way across the country. And now I'm 30 and I've never lived back home. It's, it's been wild. And I didn't realize that I did some of the research and reached back out to people and talked through some of the conversations and thought really intentionally about some of this stuff. I didn't realize how, how much I was still holding on to certain things or how much I remembered so, so much of it and how much it still sits with me. But it's also a lot of the fuel that drives me, man. It's a lot of what now as I look back at it, and that feeling of being made to feel not good enough just because of who I am, because I'm black, because I identify in a particular way, and to now be able to list off some of the accomplishments and opportunities and experiences, it feels really good. And then at the same time, a reflection on, well, what are the things that I can do to try to stand in the way of another young black man not having to go through that? And what can I do to let other people know that they are good enough and that you are worthy and you're worth it and you're talented enough. And so the book has been a lot of different things for me. And then ultimately, just from a a potential standpoint of thinking about like, what could this turn into having conversations with a couple of different publishing companies, some editors, um, people who I know um, who are in the writing sphere. One of my good mentors connected me with a person who's the CEO of a Fortune 500 company and talking about like how you turn an actual book into a lucrative opportunity. And what a lot of people have talked to me about is it's not the book itself. It's what you can do with having become a published author and what doors that opens. And so one of the things I've started to think about is like, 
okay, well, where can I take this to tell my story as a feature speaker or doing workshops or being a consultant or because of my background working in college admissions and being on the college prep side, how did this all work together to be able to be a really useful mentor and advisor and coach in other ways? And so I've begun to think about kind of the next step as I'm now working with the editor to do put the finishing touches on my manuscript. I've been talking, like I said, with some publishers about actually getting it out there. And my hope is that by, if not by the end of this year, early next year, it'll actually be out and be an ebook and be published and I can market it and not just market the book itself, but also market myself, my skills and kind of be my own product, um, maybe in a way um, and do all of that while still maintaining my current job. Um, I'm applying to grad school right now. I'm going to uh, become Dr. Abney eventually here in the next couple of years and use all of this to potentially build this portfolio that is going to make me competitive to be and get to where I, everywhere I want to be in terms of a career and future opportunities. Bro, I'm juiced about this, man. And the book, the book is <laughs> phenomenal because, yes, it is more than just you telling your story, but your, the lessons that you're pulling from your story and how it can impact other individuals who are looking to, you know, just like this conversation, uh, increase their social mobility and increase their uh, uh, their knowledge and experience and expertise and package it and use that to help get to where they need to go. Um, it's going to be phenomenal. I'm excited when it comes out. And plus, like you said, the, the book itself, like the book is important, but it's beyond the book, right? You're, you're impacting lives with this, as well as it's, a, it's your, essentially is a long form business card. So this thing is going yeah. <laughs> to help propel you and your brand in a tremendous way and open even more doors. You know, you're already busting down doors. It's going to open more doors to show like, yo, like, oh, snap. Jameer could write a book too. He has a book. Well, you know, like he, he got, he got, he got out here. Um, and that's needed, man. That is funny. It's funny, I'll tell you a story for a second. When I told one of my mentors I was writing a book, her first response was, you're writing a book too? You do everything. I was like, I'm just, I just, I'm bored. I, I need something to do. I'm sitting at home. <laughs> hey, what a time, man. You got it, make the most of it, man. That's so good. That's so good. You got, you got, you got a title yet? Or, or, or are you still, you still workshopping certain ideas? Me, me and the editor are still workshopping ideas. The initial title I threw out there is a saying that, I, honestly, it's kind of a life saying that I live by. Um, it is what it is, and you probably heard me say all the time. And not because I, I try to nonchalantly not care about anything, but I've gotten to a point with some of the stuff I've seen and gone through personally and also some of the experiences I've had professionally that, you know, you just – you kind of just sit with what life throws your way. And sometimes it just really is what it is. And you got to kind of move ahead and move forward and stay diligent mm -hmm. and just try to be as, as persistent as possible. And also in some moments it is what it is and that you got to just humble yourself and be vulnerable and be open and be willing to seek help, be willing to seek advice and mentorship. I've, I've met with therapists. I've met with counselors. I had a professional coach for a short time to see if I liked that. My mentors I go to in moments where I'm in panic and in moments where I want to brag. And, you know, you got to live with all of it. Like the emotion of life is not something to run from. And I'm a, I would describe myself as a very emotional person and very open and honest and authentic. And, and that just, it is what it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I am hype, bro. I am hype just because, I mean, again, uh, I am reflecting back on our, our you the first time you came on the podcast and shared your story and, and your journey from college to, to your profession now as a, as a in working in college admissions. Uh, and in that, just the, the amount of moves you've made and positions that you took to be in in order to see, um, to get to where you are. And it's just, you're continuing. Like it's not, it, it doesn't stop you know, when you hit a certain age or hit a certain milestone or, you know, in a particular position, your sights have always been on, um, how do I continue this growth, this journey? How can I continue this path? And again, I continue to reiterate that the path you're on is not, you're not on it 
to solely benefit yourself. You're on it to help benefit others and, and finding ways to, to incorporate that in the work that you do is, is valuable. And I think what I, what I hope that a lot of the listeners will hear is how they can see the path for themselves, right? How they can see, um, the gifts, the talents, the skill sets that they currently have uh, and, or, or want to possess to, to hone in on those and skill those and look at opportunities in their current context to develop that. But then more importantly, lift as you climb, you know, like I have another friend who says that all the time he puts that as a hashtag in a lot of his posts, you know, lift as you climb and be able to, uh, you know, build up the rise to tides with other individuals and help elevate our communities with the work that we do uh, and, and provide that opportunity for that way. So, um, yeah, man, your story, your, 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 your story as well as your current journey is the inspiration to help continue to do that. And just the fact that you're hitting these major milestones or you're looking to hit these major milestones at, at this age just shows that, man, hey, the next, you know, presidential debate in 30 years, you know, or less than 30 years, maybe 20 years, you might see your name on the ticket. Uh, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge, we'll cross that bridge <laughs> later down the road. But uh, man, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you coming on. Anything else? Uh, I don't want to cut you off. I, I would love to hear more of what, what you're working on, what your thoughts are. But let's continue the dialogue. What, what else you got? And I think the only thing, a couple of things I might leave people with is, like you said, for me, it's not, it's not about me personally. And I, and I would tell people. And advise people if you're doing anything just solely for the benefit of yourself not that you're not important i think you got to take care of yourself and self-care is huge in life but if your goals are only tied to your own self-interest it's not going to be enough to drive you especially in those moments where you just don't have it and the energy is not there and whether it's your family your kids, a particular mission or values, like those are the things that keep you going in the moments where it's hardest. And those are the things that remind you why you're there. And that's why I said, I go back to that message from that student, not just to make myself feel good. Like, yeah, it's uplifting, but it's that reminder and that moment of encouragement sometimes that it's just like, Jameer, this is exactly why you have to stay so focused and so diligent. Because there, there is that one person somewhere, and you likely don't even know in the moment that you're making that difference. It can be that one person, that one moment, that one little bit of energy and juice that you give that can make the biggest difference for somebody and change their life. If you can do that for one single sole purpose, for one single sole person, like that, that will move you in such an incredible way. And so if you find something that you're really passionate about and you enjoy, and you can wake up every day going to work and feel good about yourself or going into that project and feel good about yourself, that's what's going to drive you. It's not going to be the paycheck. It's not going to be getting to drive the nice car or live in the big house. There are plenty of people who are rich <laughs> and very, very well off that are miserable. That's not what does it. It's that feeling, that internal fortitude that is going to drive you and make you really, really, truly happy. And I just feel really, really fortunate, especially as we go through life right now. And I remind myself all the time, as much as 2020 has been so terrible and I continue to say that this year sucked, I'm healthy, my family's healthy. I've had my job this entire time, most of it working from home because they've allowed us to, to be safe and be diligent about taking care of ourselves. And I still get to do a job that I can feel positive about the impact that I'm making. And one of the things that I'm most excited about, honestly, is that the university that I work at has made a real emphasis around issues of equity and diversity and looking out for people who are different and who come from challenging circumstances. And I've had the chance to be a part of that change and that leadership. I recently was named to a diversity, equity, and inclusion council that's going to work with our new chief diversity officer. My office has allowed me, as I've grown in my leadership and position, to 
train our office and do a lot of professional development around cultural competency and managing other people and having an opportunity to grow as a supervisor. I got to write a report that went to the board of trustees and became a part of the institutional diversity, equity, and inclusion plan. I, I have been so fortunate to be pushed and to expand myself in this position and this role. And it feels so great, but you're right, right? The job is not even halfway done. Mm -hmm. There is so much more we have to do as an institution that I have to do as a person. And so much that I know I still need to grow into. Like, I'm, like I said, I just turned 30. There's a lot I don't know. And there's a lot I still need to grow into. And yet these people continue to believe in me and allow me to try. And that's what you got to do for yourself sometimes too, is you got to believe in yourself. You got to put yourself out there. You got to try even in moments where it's tough and know that whatever it is that you're going after is bigger than just you. And that are good. that's going to be the thing that helps you get to the places that you want to get to and reach the heights and the level that you're excited about. And I can't wait for this book. I can't wait for the next year and all that is here to come. In the years after that, like I said, I'm I'm about to put these applications in for grad school and when I can call myself doctor, you're going to see me have a party. <laughs> That's, awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, it's interesting as, as I hear as, you know, this conversation and obviously just knowing you personally, you know, you, the, you don't, you're often in the position where you Put yourself in this pressure in a good way. Like you, you, you work in this in this space where you figure it out. You navigate how to see success out of the unknown and um, allow that to be the fuel to help gain your success. You know, and it's actually interesting. Just recently, I, I, I um, you know, gonna date the podcast here a little bit, but um, Netflix just put out a documentary series titled uh, "The Playbook," and so um, which mm -hmm. goes through. Uh, coaches is actually produced by LeBron James and Maverick Carter. Um, they are interviewing coaches and just like their rules of success, right? And I'm I'm jacked, I'm juiced about it, man. Like I watched episode one with Doc Rivers last night, and it was. <laughs> one of the comments that he made was one of his rules was, um, you know, pressure is a privilege, and what he meant by that was that like being. You know, putting yourself in a position where you are feeling the pressure uh, and and navigating that and thriving in that is a is a it's a space that you would want to be in if you want to see success if you want to achieve that championship if you want to be seen as the goat you know what I'm saying or have the greatest team or have the greatest experience you got to put yourself in position in, in pressure positions and then navigate that to success and what I hear. And just in this conversation, you put yourself in that space where you are in that pressure. You're in, you're driving in that pressure. Wait a second. <laughs> I guess my question to you is just like, how do you handle the pressure? Like, how do you navigate that? Um, I think you've alluded to it a little bit with you. You have mentors. You have self care practices and things of that nature, but. Um, is there any space where the pressure get, becomes too much and how do you like handle that, navigate that to see the success that you want to see? I think for, the first thing for me is I know I'm naturally harder on myself than anybody else can be on me, but also, as you remember when we were roommates, I, I worked a job that was literally life and death where I knew the decisions I made. There were young people when I was a, a caseworker that if I made the wrong decision, I could kill a kid. And uh. It can't be, there can't be more pressure than that. Like, it's not for me. <laughs> and so I look at what I do now and like there are moments where like it's heavy, but I go back to that sometimes. But I think just in general, having people you trust, having a team of people that you can, you can go to and be honest with. Also being able to be honest with yourself. Like, are you, are you self-critical enough? Not that you beat yourself up or you're hard on yourself, but you can look in the mirror and know when you're not giving your best or it isn't your 100 effort or your A effort or your A plus performance. And can you be real with yourself? Or are there, are there people or are there those people in your life that you can go to that would give you that honest assessment? I've 
built a great relationship with my supervisor now where like she'll check me and I'll check in with her and like, Hey, am I not doing enough? Or even are there moments where it's like, am I working too hard? Like, should I be taking a day off? Like, do you see something where I'm like maybe struggling? And that could be a family member. That could be a friend. That could be a colleague. Like, who are you checking in with? Or do you have those people that know people in those moments that are either in the same field or have done the type of work that you do that can help, help you navigate situations that you're unfamiliar with? Um, do you have something that you do that can help you like step away from something when you need a moment away from those moments? Like, I think the relationships are key. How you manage yourself is really key. Like, and also with the pressure of it, like you said, I, I agree with that idea that pressure is a privilege. I, I know that what I get to do now, not everybody gets. I actually texted an old boss of mine and I was like, how many, this was before my 30th birthday, I was like, how many 29-year-olds do you know that have a president that they can text at a moment? a chief of staff and a senior advisor to another president that they can text or call in a moment and also get the opportunity because I'm a in my hierarchy of my office I'm a like right in the middle person I'm not at the top of my office mm. and I get the opportunity to be on an institutional committee making helping make decisions about how the university moves forward right right I was like I'm I was like I'm privileged right and he's like yeah dude that's crazy and I think about it and remind myself sometimes, and again, not trying to brag or like pat myself on the back. I've, I've worked hard for this one, but two, I've also had a lot of people take a chance on me. Hmm. And it's like, you got to be willing to take a chance on yourself, but also put yourself in situations where you, you can see that the people believe in you and your ability. Because what's happened is my supervisor and her supervisor have continued to push me forward even in moments where I wasn't sure I was the right person. Hmm. And they've told me, hey, we believe in you. We know you can do this. And I'm sitting in the back of my head like, I guess, <laughs> I hope. I'll try not to let you down. But, you know, and, and in those moments where I'm uncertain, it's like I know the people that I can go to, but also realize, hey, you'll flub up sometimes. You got to own your mistakes. You got to hold yourself accountable. But failure is not the end of the road necessarily. And we're all gonna have our missteps. We're all gonna have those moments where we trip up. But you gotta trust yourself enough to bounce back and be willing to take a step back and, and work through those moments too. So I think it's just a lot of a lot of different things, but ultimately I think for me is I just know I can't be nobody's gonna be harder on me than I'm gonna be on me. And when I remind myself of that, it's just pushing through those tough moments and doing what I can to bounce back when it's hard. Yeah. Man. <laughs> this is good. This is good, man. I appreciate you, 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 you stepping up and this has been beneficial for me to, to hear. I just love hearing how you are continuing to make moves. It's, it's inspiring. Um, it's, uh, I know that I know, like you mentioned, you, you're hard on yourself, but um, you are doing great work. You are, you are actively looking to, uh, progress yourself and others in every way that you can and and you do and I'm just you do a great job with it and I'm I'm you know blessed to be a friend and to watch you in this journey and be a part of it in some some aspect of it man um yeah so just just more encouragement um and more props for you and I know you're getting in a lot of areas you're getting in one more area for me man so um I just appreciate the work that you're doing in the community bro oh man I appreciate that and I think that's one of the things that's been most humbling for me is like hearing friends and former colleagues and people I've worked with over the years, like even in different um, jobs that were just kind of jobs along the way, like people who reach out and tell me that they appreciated working with me or how they're proud of me or encouraging me to move forward. And that like those little bugs in your ear make you feel good, but I'm just happy to know people that care and who keep in touch and, what I tried to do is just consistently reach back to the people that I know have made a difference for me and remind them like, Hey, I'm, I'm not here without you. I had a teacher um, in the seventh grade, actually, as I was writing the book and I've been thinking about trying to find her for years and finally was able to find her on uh, Facebook. 
and just wrote her a quick note and was just like, hey, I remember you being the first teacher I ever had that I really didn't like because she was just so hard on me and <laughs> being able to tell her like how much of a difference it made though. She made me a different kind of student and made me raise my level of expectation of myself in the classroom and that made a difference. And now to be able to think about like, what if I hadn't had that person? Would I have been the type of student that I was to go to a place like Willamette or be able to go to get my master's at Harvard and be thinking about getting a doctorate degree? Probably not. I might have tripped myself up at a point by just not pushing hard enough or being diligent enough or having good enough planning or just having the right set of expectations for what I was capable of, you know, and had another teacher in college who I remember um, before I, I left Willamette um, telling her that, hey, you're the reason why I majored in, in psychology. Like You brought an energy and you pushed me and made this interesting. And thank you for that. And just like those little things, like I, I realized how much those little things have mattered to me. And I tried to, to pay that forward. Um, I got the chance to go back to my uh, elementary school last summer and speak to a group of students there. And the principal there was the vice principal when I was in high school and getting to talk with her and just like all these different opportunities to to give back to people, to give back to your community, to to pay it forward is just, I think, so important. And even as you make your move and you continue to move up, don't forget where you came from. I think that that is so important. And it means a lot to the community when they can see people who are from there come back and it still matters. And I try to remind myself, even though it's been a long time since I've lived in my small town in North Carolina, you know, that's the home. And those people are still my people and I'll never be too big for that. Yeah. I'll never be too good for that because I'm not here without those experiences, without those challenges, without that love and that encouragement and the people that believed in me along the way. And that's something I hold firm to. And I really, really believe in. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Yeah, man. No matter how big you get, don't forget where you came from. That's good. That's good. And I appreciate the fact that you even reached out. You, you, you know, reaching out to those and telling them, thank you. I know that's something that uh, I remember growing up hearing that also as a value to recognize those who've helped support you in the journey and never forget that and give them the gratitude because you, because, you know, you never know how often they hear that, <laughs> hear that. Thank you that uh, you pushed me to be this person uh, to be better in this way. Even though I hated it in the moment, it, it helped me. <laughs> A lot of folks hear that and not to, not to say we need to keep tooting each other's horns or maybe we do. Maybe we need to be a little bit more uh, tooting other people's horns because too often, as you stated yourself, like we're, we're, we're critical, we're hard on ourselves. We never know if impact is actually moving um, and progressing. But every once in a while, you do get somebody who you've helped or you may not even know you've helped and get a reach out and say, yo, because you did that one thing that helped me in this way. And you might, you might forget that, but they remember it tremendously, you know, and that's, that's, that's a tremendous value, which extends to one, like how do we, how we should be presenting ourselves in every space. Cause you never know who gonna, who's going to be impacted by our actions and our presence, but then to mm -hmm. um, being sure that we do reach back and, and, or reach out to those uh, who have made that small impact in our lives and give them a quick thank you or regularly thank them and say, Hey, you know, keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate what you did for me. And I know you're doing that for others. So if you don't hear it from anyone, just know you're hearing it from me that I appreciate what you've done and I can appreciate what you do. And that's good, man. Um, more of that needs to be occurring and encouraged uh, in, in our daily lives because, um, yeah, we need to hear that. People need to hear that. So that's awesome, man, that you're doing that. You got to keep doing that. Um, totally. And then in that same vein, something more recent with everything that's been going on, um, this year was with the black community and different black lives being taken and the murder and the tough environment and the relationship between people of color and law enforcement. I know just recently when the um, Breonna Taylor decision was made and how that hit the public and one of the things I tried to do is reach out to a lot of the black women that are close to me and remind them that they matter and that I care about you and even if you feel like publicly right now that's not the case like and that was family friends colleagues 
Um, I even reached out to um, a couple of the senior level leaders at the university I work with, um, the dean at the um, Harvard Ed School that I went to, and it's just like, I appreciate you. You matter. This is probably tough news. I don't know how it's sitting with you. I can't understand. I'm not a black woman, but as a person of color, I think just in general, how we how we project that to each other and how we love each other and support one another and prop each other up through what's been a really hard year on communities of color in particular. And yeah. I've tried to think about that as well. And how can I mentor and support and love and show appreciation to people in those moments too. And not even just for like what you did for me or what you gave to me or what you're giving, but also like the blows that you take yeah. and like, you just need to hear somebody just give you an air hug or tell you that they love you or tell you that they appreciate you. I think that stuff is impactful too. Right. Right. That's good, man. That's good. I love it. I love it, man. Mary Abney, once again, bringing some knowledge, bringing some fire, bringing some inspiration to the podcast on the Mike podcast. Thank you for being a reoccurring guest. Uh, you already know we're going to get you back again because I think in, you know, in the, in the, in the in between times of you being on the podcast, you're going to make some leaps and bounds that we got to, yeah, hey, let's get back on. Let's talk about it more. Let's continue to advance um, ourselves and those that we are wanting to impact in our communities. And so I appreciate you being on the podcast, man, and sharing some knowledge. Where can people find you? I know, you know, we talked about it in the previous podcast, but I want to make sure that folks are plugged in with the moves that you're making, man. Where can people find you online? Man, I'm pretty easy to find since I'm on a, a public website for the university I work for. You just you just search my name, I pop up. There's not a lot of Jameer Abneys out there, but um, on Twitter it's uh, J A with the at sign underscore all day two six. Um, I'm Jam Abney two six on Instagram. Uh, but I'm pretty easy to find. I've, I've also been fortunate enough to be featured in a couple of different publications when quoted. In the New York Times, I had an article in the Chronicle of Higher Education written about me in 2016. Um, I've also been a part of some different projects in the work that I do with College Access and Success and some of the diversity work that I've been able to be a part of. So if you just Google me, actually, my aunt several years ago did a search of me just to see how many pages I popped up on. And she called me. She's like, did you know you have like 10 pages of Google just for you? I was like, no, but thanks. <laughs> so Ray's right. I'm I'm out here doing a lot of different stuff. I'm involved in so many different things. I've been on a couple other podcasts as well. I'm glad uh, Ray has had me back um, to talk and really glad to be able to support my friends and the great work that they're doing and sharing knowledge with the community. But ultimately, it's not even for me about being recognized. It's what can I give? How can I repay what's been given to me? How can I be a pillar in the community and somebody that people can look up to? Mm. And in particular, with the work I do in, in college admissions, it's the representation to be the person of color walking in the room that's viewed as the expert and encouraging these young people that, hey, you can be here too. And you can be doing a job that you feel proud of and that you're excited about that allows you to travel all over the country, get to see different parts of the world and different perspectives and ideas and the different ways that people live. And I've met some really, really incredible people that do the work that I do. And it's, it's a fun job. And I know eventually I'll have to leave it to go and do the other stuff that I do or want to do at least. And it'll be sad because I like this work and I, and I, I love the opportunity to, to get to be in the space that really impacts access to post-secondary opportunities. But I also want to do more and, yeah. One of the things I did want to share, I talked earlier about President Pelton and actually the the value of education and institutions of higher education in particular, because he was actually invited by Mayor uh, Marty Walsh in the city of Boston to be a part of a task force and a committee um, focused on uh, equity work and funding for equity projects across the city of Boston. And just because of his standing and being a pillar in the community, because of his leadership, he's crossing over into a completely different realm. And that's what I think about when I say I want to be a university president. It's not because I want to be the leader of a college per se necessarily. Like I'm passionate about that and really interested in education, but also the reach that it can give you beyond just this fear. Like education is a social 
pillar and a key part of a community in so many different ways. And if you're at a college or university that allows you to access into other parts of the social system of the environment that you're in, you can have an impact in a lot of different ways. When I saw that for President P, I remember texting him and I was like, Lee, this is dope. Like, you're the man. <laughs> it's like, help me get on that. <laughs> but no, I was so proud of him and really, really impacted by him. And I'm so glad that he and I have this close relationship now where I'm able to hit him up like that because he's an inspiring person. And I told him I want to follow in his footsteps. And just one of the crazy things now is having been at Willamette and Harvard and now Colgate is I'm literally following his journey in a weird way because he was the dean at Colgate um, in the late 80s. I attended Harvard um, and was our president at Willamette. And so I keep telling him I'm following him. And I'm going to come to Emerson and be the president one day, I guess. Come through. <laughs> Don't prepare that room, man. Tell him to get ready. <laughs> That's awesome. Man. Hey, if you want to give me a shot, I would take it. <laughs> hey, man. Well, hey, Jameer, this has been dope, bro. Uh, as always, always a great convo. Glad that we get to capture this conversation on the podcast, man. And I uh, appreciate you. Appreciate your journey, bro. I'll talk to you soon. All right, you take care, man. Keep doing your thing. Thanks so much for listening to On the Mic with Ray White. And before you leave, I got a few asks for you. First, connect with me on social media and let me know what your thoughts are on this episode. You can find me on my personal page at Ray Devante on all social accounts and this podcast at OTM Podcast on Instagram. Next, Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite listening device. Make sure that you go ahead and find On The Mic with Ray White on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And make sure that you let me know that you're listening. And finally, share this episode with a friend. Take the time to send them a link or tag them on your social media platforms and start the conversation around them around the reflective topics and the questions on this episode. Thanks so much. And don't forget to share your story with others. Peace.